Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 145. Before we jump into the interview, I know sometimes we put the ad at the very end of the episode if you guys listen all the way through, but I do another podcast called Kingdom Outcast. We've been doing it for a couple of months now with any new project, especially because it's me, my brother, and our friend Greg. There took a while for us to gel together, figure out what our style was, get our footing to be able to kind of carve out our niche for the show. I finally feel like we're starting to do that. Disney Plus has been a huge topic that we have been able to dissect, get into, try to get some anticipation and some of our opinions out there before the platform drops. And then, of course, we are always covering all the new Star Wars and Marvel and Disney movies as well. So if you guys want to check out that show, we post once a week, every single Monday. It's called Kingdom Outcast. There's a link to it in our show notes, or you can just search on any of your favorite podcast apps for that show. We'd love to have you over there. So our episode today, our interview, I should say, is with Phil Gramlich from Ear to Their Travel. He also has the Ear to Their Travel Disney podcast. So, as you can already tell, there's a lot of moving parts to Phil's business. And so, he has agents that work for his agency as well, and, you know, just a whole lot going on, but he continues to push out really valuable and really entertaining Disney content while also serving people on the travel agency side. So, I think that's something to key in on here, is listen to how all these moving parts Although they may seem a little different and they may seem like they're not, they're working towards a common goal. And I think that's really important as you continue branching out on your projects, picking up new things and putting newsletters and blogs and social media and YouTube, whatever it might be. There's so many different moving parts. So how do you get that to be part of a cohesive brand? So hopefully that is a good primer for you guys. Last thing, you guys probably know that today, Catherine and I are in Walt Disney World with our family if you're listening on release day. So if you want to follow along with that, we'll be posting on our stories quite often on Instagram. You can find us at Detour to Neverland. And then, of course, next week we will be back with a trip report. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'll go ahead and play the interview. Hope you guys enjoy. So, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. And, again, I apologize. I, I apologized off the recording, but for for rescheduling on you both 35 times, I, I apologize <laughs> for that. But, so, yeah, my name is Phil Gramlich. Uh, I'm from uh, Ear to There Travel. I, I'm the owner and founder of that. I also host the Ear to There Disney podcast. Uh And that's kind of my <laughs> – that's kind of my backstory. My The one thing you might – not know about me is okay so there was a bar this is this is kind of going to show my age but in orlando uh called the roxy and i on in 2000 uh, i went to that bar with my college program roommates i did the college program in the summer of 1998 and uh they had boxing night once a week and yeah that, that's true boxing night this is they think how crazy that is in 2019 that in 2000 you would put on boxing you would sign a waiver put on boxing gloves and at a bar after you've been consuming adult beverages and get into a ring with a friend of yours and fight them in front of you know a few hundred people so i my my friends and my college roommates my college program roommates and i had gone to the bar we were all 21 at that point. We were at, it was our 21st, around our 21st birthdays. And I signed up to fight in front of a ton of people, one of my college program roommates, and I won. I actually won a boxing match in front of, I don't know, I, there had, I feel like, you know, 19 years later, there was 5,000 people there, but it might have been a couple hundred. But I, I, I had the trophy for years and years. Uh, yeah, I actually won a boxing match in front of people. So wow. that's why that's that's a fun thing. 
And you got a trophy. That's that's probably the most impressive part is they had yes. trophies lined up and ready to go. You know what's really cool? Did you guys – now, I know you're younger than me, but have you ever heard the Whitney Houston Stars playing a banner from the, the Super Bowl like years and years ago? Yeah. They played that on a big – like on this big movie screen <laughs> before the fight, and I got so pumped up. I just wanted, you know, to beat the heck out of my friend. Uh, so, yeah, that – but yeah, I got the trophy and it, the guy, the little guy on the top had boxing gloves on and it was cool, man. I had that for, for a long time. The only thing I'm imagining as a college program employee is you calling your shift leader the next day. If I, if the fight didn't go well and I have to explain, Hey, I've got a concussion or something. <laughs> I like can't that. come in. I signed up we, for fight night. We got lucky. It was like two years. It was like two years after my contract. So to date my, to date me even older, I, did the college program summer of 98 and we got, we did the fight in the summer of 2000. So it was, <laughs> I was 19 on my college program, 21 when I, we did the boxing match. And, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, luckily I, you know what, for your podcast, I'm going to tell the whole story. <laughs> uh, my friend had, he, I won the fight. Like I got the decision at the end from the crowd, but my friend had punched me in its stomach an awful lot <laughs> during the fight. And uh, let's say it was uh, it wasn't a pleasant scene when I walked outside in the parking lot. <laughs> after that. I was I was not doing well. I was ba- I was in bad shape. Oh man! It was yeah. It had a happy ending because I won, but a not happy ending because of what happened after that. It was terrible. <laughs> That's amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think that might be our best random fact that we've got to date. I know. Listen, I mean, my, it's hard my to job. Beat. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I keep cutting you off. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that's hard to beat. I mean, you got a trophy. So, yeah. Listen, my my goal when I'm coming on your podcast is to be the most entertaining guest you've had. <laughs> so let's see what happens. I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> good deal. We're off to a good start. So <laughs> to lay that foundation to kind of understand where you come from in the Disney community, if you could share your Disney story, kind of how did you fall in love with it and how has that grown over time? Yeah, sure. So, uh, this is going to be, a, it's going to get sad, but it's going to get a lot better. Uh, my sister, when she was four, found out, she, my family found out she had a brain tumor, uh, which was, you know, obviously devastating for all of us. I was 12, I believe. And she found out she had a brain tumor. She needed multiple surgeries to fix it, uh, to, to, to remove it. She needed to learn to talk again. She needed to learn to walk again. It was a, just this completely, you know, a crazy situation. And I mean, you know, luckily, thank, thank God she came out of it and she's fine. And she's, you know, married with a, with a one-year-old son now, but, uh, she, you know, it, it was a really tough situation for my family, my immediate family. And my uncle had said, listen, when, when she was going through the surgery, he said, listen, once you're done with all this, I'll take you to Disney world. And we had never been before. So, she gets to the surgeries. We go to Walt Disney World, and the first second I felt I walked into the Magic Kingdom, I was like, "Yeah, I want to work here. Like this is what I want to do." Uh, and about let's see, what seven, eight years later, I ended up being a cast member at at on the college program. I was a custodial host at Disney's Animal Kingdom, just a few months after it opened. Uh, it had been open, I think, two months when I started working there. Uh, and I, I loved it. I fell in love with it all over again. I mean, I loved being a cast member. I loved answering people's questions. And the park was brand new, right? So I was helping people find stuff for the first time and showing them things on maps and answering questions. And I had so much fun. And then uh, fast forward a while after that, uh, my my I met my wife on the college program, but we didn't start dating until several years later. We stayed friends. But I moved to Florida in 2005, uh, worked for Disney again. I, I was going to make a career out of it. And I have um, a condition, a medical condition, where I get super, super painful, like cysts and lesions from the heat. Uh, and it, it just wasn't going to work, so I moved back. But ever since I moved back to Pennsylvania, I wanted to find a way to work for Disney. And then when my twins were born, I'm jumping all over the map, and I apologize, my twins were born in 2012. Uh, there's six, almost seven now. I was listening to a podcast one one time, and I, uh, you know, I was in my office in my in my old house, and 
I came downstairs to my wife and I said, did you know there's a thing where people book Disney trips like agents? And she was like, no. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And uh, she was amazing. And she was like, yeah, you should do that. You would be great. And I did. I signed up as a host agent uh, for a different agency. And I worked there for a while. And then eventually I opened up my own agency. And now I have uh, 22 people that work for me, 22 agents. So, yeah, that was the kind of the <laughs> the long-winded but short version of it. I will say – since you mentioned that you only have 22 agents, it feels like so much more because I feel like I'm connected with every single one of them on social media. So the, the oh, footprint cool. is a lot bigger than I feel like. But that that's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you say that because I, I want – I've said it a lot to like the, the agents that work with me. I've said – I hate to say for me. Like no one's working for me. They work for themselves. But I, I, I like to say like I don't need to be the biggest agency. I just – or even the best – I just want to be, I want to have the one that cares the most about the, their clients. Like I want them to, you know, I, I want the agents that work on the team to help them help their clients, their customers, whatever you want to say, have the best possible trip. And, uh, I think they've done a great job. They, they do a good job with social media. They're out there. So yeah, thanks for saying that. That's, that's really cool. For sure. Yeah, and I love your Disney store. I mean, you said you were jumping around, but I didn't feel like you did because each part of it definitely kind of led to the next phase because it's definitely like you could see the evolution there of how kind of your love for Disney grew over time. The nerdiness got bigger <laughs> and bigger as the years went on for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I went from having one Disney trip, Walt Disney World trip when I was 12 or 13 to now being a, a, a pass holder at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. I mean, so I my first Disneyland trip was in 2008 on uh, our honeymoon, and now I've been back, I think, eight or nine times since then. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's grown from, from kind of a healthy distraction to a complete obsession. Yeah, that's awesome. So – Obviously, for anybody who's familiar with Ear to There, it is so much more than just a travel agency now. You both have the podcast and the blog and then all of your reach on social media as well. So how did it evolve past just the travel agency portion? And then how do you tie all of those different phases together into one cohesive brand? Well, when you figure that out, you can tell me because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, you know, I, I started with, as like I said, working for someone else. Uh, as an as a uh, an agent for a different company, and I I always my my goal was always to make it my own like to eventually learn the ropes, figure out what I was doing, figure out social media, and open my own agency. So uh, that was the goal from day one. I I actually told the people I was working for in the other agency that I was like, listen, this isn't going to be a long term thing. And then when I decided to open my own agency, they were like, well, you. They actually offered me um, a job staying on and, and working full time for them. Uh, but I, you know, I, I wanted to do my own thing. It's just what I've always wanted to do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I forget. I'm kind of forgetting the question, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just curious about how eventually it, it grew to more into the podcast and then the blog right. on top of it. So I became I became uh, friends with another Disney podcaster. Uh, whose name I won't mention, uh, but he's a good friend of mine and he's kind of the godfather of Disney podcasting. Uh, he is, he has one of the bigger shows and he was telling me, you know, when I first started chatting with him, he said, you have to do a podcast. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't like my voice, which is amazing. Cause I talk a ton, but I was like, I don't want to hear my voice. I don't want to talk. Like I'm embarrassed. I don't know. I had this thing about my voice and he was like, no, you're fine. Just do it. Uh, so, it took a few months, I guess, of him being like, you, have to, you should do this. You like, you obviously like, like to talk. You should do this. And then, uh, yeah, like I, I, I don't know if you guys had this moment. Did you ever, like, I don't know what kind of equipment you have for podcasting, but did you have the moment where you bought the equipment and you were like, all right, now I have, really have to do this. Like, I can't mess around anymore. Yeah. I, yeah, look, right. <laughs> like it's sitting there in a box and you're like, man, we paid all this money and we got to do this now. That's how I was. Like I bought the equipment. I had a, um, I bought the 
uh, one, you know, a beginner mic. Uh, and then I was, I was, I remember looking at it with my wife and I was like, all right, I have to start this. So I, you know, if you guys go back and listen, my first several episodes are just off, just awful. Like it's me. It's completely wooden. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And of course, like you don't know what you're doing in the beginning. So I, I started doing that, uh, kind of to, to drum up business for the, you know, for my own, for myself. And then eventually it grew to drumming up business for the agency. And now it's where, you know, I get people pitching me to be on my show, which is insane to me. Like, that's crazy that people will get in touch with me and be like, Hey, we want to, you know, I have a book. Do you want to, we want to come on? And I'm like, really? Like why? <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of where, where it started and kind of where it went and where it is now. I think that's a very real kind of fear that even we still have. Like we hate hearing ourselves. like the yeah. editing process, having to listen back to yourself is the worst part. Yeah. The, the ums, have you guys noticed, have you figured out how to delete the ums when you, <laughs> you can see it, right? You can see them on when you're editing, when you look at the soundboard, you can see the ums. It's crazy. I remember in the beginning sitting for like an hour for editing and just deleting ums. And I, eventually I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. Like if people want to listen to it, great. If not, but yeah, you're terrified of what people are going to think. It's, it's nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a problem at the very beginning and I still do it now to a certain extent where I think I'm doing active listening by affirming after someone says something. So I'll say <laughs> yes. yes or I just did it right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know that, I know that totally. I, I know it. So well, and I, and you, when you can't figure that out, unless you listen to it, you have to listen to it and be like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. like you got, you, you have to listen to it and be like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. No, I had that same problem. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think that's a valuable lesson that even though it can be cringy at first, you eventually learn from it and grow out of it. And then, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to stop at some point, right? Like. I think I'm I'm 300 plus episodes in like with all the stuff that I've done and eventually you're just like all right like I I've, I've done this enough times I know like right now like as I'm talking to you guys I'm consciously telling myself no ums no buts no likes like just I just said like as I said it right like <laughs> and again twice but I I try to to put on my my podcaster like helmet and remember not to do it but Sometimes it's super hard. I I think after a while, you, when you get your style and you know what you're doing, you don't have to go through and kind of edit yourself and take out all these little things. But it takes a while. Like I said, like 300 plus episodes, like a long time later, I like if I mess up, I will definitely put a note and write the time down of the recording so I know that I fouled up. But normally I just let it go. Like whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, there's definitely a comfort that comes with doing it. After a while, once you get some positive feedback and you understand that people are listening for your content, not yeah. your rhetoric or you know your, your grammar. And I think that you can apply that same principle to so many different things, whether it's blog writing or doing YouTube videos or whatever it is, you eventually just have to become comfortable with it. You know, be conscious of it, but not let it consume you so much where you're putting out some completely, you know, factored in uh product that's that's so manufactured that that doesn't really make sense i you're a hundred percent right man I, I had a i had somebody write to me once i did a podcast i, I think it's still up because i haven't pulled any podcasts down at all i had one that i had this the uh what is it called the sound gate up too high mm. and after every like sentence i said it would be like whoosh and you would hear it go off and then come back on. And it was terrible. And I had a listener listen. And I didn't notice it. And I had a listener listen and email me and was like, hey, man, you got to fix that. Like, I can keep hearing your voice go off and on. And it was super annoying. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, you have to get – once you get comfortable, you're not – you don't really think twice about that stuff. You just kind of let it go. And, you know, people are people are listening. Like, it's it's really – isn't it amazing, by the way, do you remember when you got like the first, you know, when after you started doing, you know, the podcast for a while and you see like 40 downloads and you're like, whoa, 
like 40 people. Like you, you start putting that audience in front of you, right? Like mm-hmm. think about them sitting in your living room and you're like, holy cow, 40 people listen to this today. And it's like this crazy feeling. I love, I, I love that. Like whenever I get a big download day, I think of that number of people standing in front of me and I'm like, man, like I, without podcasting, you'd never get that reach or that feeling. It's, it's an amazing thing. It certainly is. I mean, because it would for us, it, it once it went above the numbers, where it's like, all right, this is more family members than we have. So <laughs> yeah. clearly, there's yeah. someone out in the world listening to this. Yeah, it's such a cool thing. You're like, wow, people really want to hear what I have to say. It's crazy, and it, you know, I, I still say this to my wife. Like, when whenever I have a big download day, I, I show her the number, and I'm like. And, you know, people are like, oh, don't look at the numbers if you're a pocket. Get out of here. Everybody looks at the numbers. <laughs> Everyone does. So it's this really cool thing. It's an amazing to be like, to think people care about what you have to say. It's 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 surreal. Mm-hmm. It for sure is. So, Phil, I'm going to brag on you for a second because I don't know if you're going to do it on yourself. But you've stayed at every Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. You've been on all of the DCL ships. You've participated in numerous run Disney events. You're a former cast member. Somehow you think all of that makes you qualified to do a Disney travel podcast and have an agency. I don't know if you could explain how that makes you qualified for that. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think that I'm qualified for anything. <laughs> I, I I feel like you know what I feel like I'm qualified for? I feel like I'm qualified to talk about like toddlers and babies. Like I've done that. <laughs> but as far as the Disney stuff, listen, I like I, I feel like I can, I, I don't know. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. That's like, I, I figured that out early on. And you know that some people aren't going to want to listen to you or and aren't like, I've had so many, I've had a ton of feedback from podcast listeners who were like, you know, I don't, I don't enjoy your show <laughs> and I'm like, it's fine. Like I'm not everyone's cup of tea and it's cool, but I've had much, much, much more from people who were, who were telling me like, yeah, like I, I really enjoy listening to it. It's a lot of fun. You're, you're not serious. You don't, you know, take yourself too seriously, which is, I think a big deal. And it took a long time for me to be myself, but I am now. And it's, that's what I, I think when I think the podcast took off. So am I an expert? No, not, no, not as much as anyone. I mean, but uh, I think I'm qualified at least to talk about this stuff. Like I, I think I'm qualified to talk about, Walt Disney World after being a cast member for a while and staying in all the resorts. And I want to say that I've eaten in all the restaurants, but man, how quickly are they changing these days? It's, it's, it's super hard to keep up with that. And I have picky eaters for kids. So I feel like the last like four years, the only restaurants we go to are ones that have Kraft mac and cheese. If they have Kraft mac and cheese, <laughs> we're not going. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I think that's going to hold us back. Maybe one person in their relationship has that same issue. You know, yeah. you know what you like, and sometimes you just don't need to stray from it. Oh, listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk <laughs> badly about that. That's we're you. You know, I'm used to that. With, with my kids, you know, we we've been to uh, Big River Grill at the Boardwalk, literally probably 25 times because my older daughter is is very very picky. She actually has uh, a little bit of she she's she's been diagnosed and I'm not afraid to say this and she'll probably want to come in when she's older, but she's di- been diagnosed with with generalized anxiety. Like me, I've also been diagnosed with that as well, uh, and she has a really hard time branching out on restaurants. So, Big River Grill has macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. from Kraft macaroni and cheese. So. We end up, even though we're not, even if we're not staying at the boathouse, we end up, I mean, at boathouse, I'm sorry, at the boardwalk, we end up there all the time. By the way, I, I must have boathouse on the mind because I'm talking about it. <laughs> well, I think coupling those two answers, you know, sharing your family's experiences and how you guys travel and go to Walt Disney World, but also showing that you are committed to experiencing as many different things at Walt Disney World and Disneyland as you possibly can. To me, that just is such a testament to your dedication and your commitment to providing the most accurate and well thought out, you know, answers and and experiences for your audience, both on the blog, both on Facebook, 
you know, and on the podcast as well, and also to your clients that are traveling through the travel agency. So I think you might be selling yourself a little bit short on that, but I'll say that what I get from that is that you are completely dedicated. You're all in on this. It's yeah, it's, it's become an obsession really. Like I just every, everything about it, the, 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 listen, Walt Disney world and I'll say it to everyone is it's just, it's a fantastic vacation. It's it's a great trip for your family, for your for your from anyone from your you know ninety year old grandfather to your one year old child. Like it's it's an amazing thing, and I just want I you know it sounds corny to say it, and I, I'm sorry and I apologize, but I, I've said this on my podcast a lot. It's I want everyone to have the experience that I have with my family. Like I know there's so many first timers that are going in that have really no idea. Like I. This is a funny story because yesterday morning I got a, an email from a client who, and I've, I booked her, I took care of her fast passes three months ago, literally like she's leaving in a couple of days. And she wrote to me yesterday and was like, so about these fast passes, what's going on with them? Like, what do we do? And I was like, well, I booked them already. Like, you, and she had no idea because when it was time to book them, she just said, we don't know much about the attractions. Just do what's popular. So they have like, I was looking at their, their schedule. It's amazing. They have, you know, Avatar Flight of Passage. They have Slinky Dog Dash. They have, you know, Peter Pan's Flight. They have Seven Doors Mind Train. They have, you know, every single thing you could think of that's a big deal right now in Walt Disney World. They have Fast Passes for. But I thought about it. And I was like, you know, not everybody knows. They don't know. She doesn't know. She's never been there before. She just know what she's doing. So that's why it's it's really cool to be able to to do the job that I do is I know listen I I'm not being cocky I know she's going to have an amazing trip and that's not because of me it's just be, just I just booked the right you know fast passes for them mm-hmm. but I mean I know that I'm going to hear back from her in a couple of weeks and she's going to say this is amazing of course if she doesn't listen to my advice <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she won't, but you know what I mean? Like, you know that it's going to be a great trip. And uh, I don't know. It's it's so much fun doing that. It's I like getting up early and doing dining reservations. I see it as like a challenge. I When a, when a you know, a client will write to me and say, I know this is going to be tough, but I want, you know, fast passes to Slinky Dog, to Avatar Flight of Passage, to Seven Doors Mine Train. And I want those on the first three days of my trip, which is super hard to do. I'm like, bring it. Let's go. Let's see what I can do. I love that stuff. So yeah, I'm I, I'm just a super nerd, at, and I love doing that, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. It's I feel like that would be such a special role to play in a family's vacation. It it is. It's really cool, and I, I try to, you know, follow up with them when they're in the parks and see how they're doing, and and make sure they're having fun. And it's it's uh, it's really cool. I, it's a fun job. Like really, it really really is. And I keep saying like, and I want to murder myself. For so <laughs> but uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. So one of the, we want to end with two different things here in the first part of the episode. First thing is talking about that you really, you know, hearing your story, you took an idea, you pursued it, you nurtured it, you grew it into something so much bigger and more impactful than I think maybe you could have imagined. You know, did you ever dream that Ear to Their Travel would grow to the scale that it has with so many different facets and, and so many different ways to reach Disney lovers. Uh, I mean, I don't want to sound cocky, but yeah, I did. I, I did. I not as much as this with the social media stuff and the podcast stuff, but I did, I did know that once I got started and started bringing people on that, you know, I have a whole training program that, and and I'm not going to mention the, the the name of the agency that I started with because I don't want to badmouth anyone. But when I got started, I, they were like, "Okay, you're an agent, go sell trips." And I was like, "What?" And no training, like it was just go. And uh, I did the College of Disney Knowledge, but no extra anything. So I didn't know what I was doing. I would never worked in the travel industry before at all. So I vowed to to myself, like when I start my own agency, I'm going to make a a training series, like a video series for people to follow where they will have to, you know, follow, you know, watch these videos and answer questions. 
and I'm probably a pain in the butt for a lot of people that because it's I, I do Walt Disney World has something called traditions where when you get started you train when I was there when I first started it was two days of of uh, classes all about the history of Walt Disney World and and Disneyland and Walt Disney. I kind of made this the own. Or I'm sorry, the, the same thing for my company where you have to go through you know these hours of training about the history of Disney and the history of Walt Disney World, uh, so that they would know like this is a serious thing. And I, I want, <clears throat> excuse me, I want people to understand that. So yeah, so I kind of knew like when I got got. I call my the agents that work with me. I call them vacationeers. Please don't make fun of that name because I made it up. Um, <laughs> but I I call them vacationeers, and I knew that once I had some people on, that they you know that we would grow and do well. Uh, but the other side of it is the podcast and all that. Like, did I know that I'd be interviewing the Disney celebrities? That I know that I'd become friends with Bob Gurr, who of course was an, the, one of the first Imagineers ever who built so many things in Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And no, that's, that's insane. I, some of the things that I've, I've gotten to do are just off the wall. Like this, it's crazy. Like the stuff, like the fact that I just told you I'm friends with Bob Gar, well, that's insane to me, <laughs> but I am. So yeah, no, I, I knew that the business part I would do well, but the, the social media and the other stuff, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I love that answer. Because you dreamed big and you're still dreaming big and who knows where you're going to take it in the future. So I think that is such a great approach to it that you knew that you were destined to do something bigger and that would fulfill you and help people enjoy their vacations. But I think the tail end of that answer leads perfectly into Catherine's dying question for you. (laughs) So for anyone, if you've never listened to the Ear to Their Disney podcast, A, you're missing out, but B, we would highly recommend that you listen to episode 66 because when you talk about like larger than life, like just amazing people, Julie Andrews has got to top that list. And we've just been dying to talk to you about that experience with Julie Andrews. (laughs) You know what? I, I it it was ins- it was so surreal and insane that that even happened. I I remember uh, I told so th- to give you a background on it. One day, uh, my we had just moved. We were, we're in the house now for a little over three years, but my family we moved into this house and uh, we were still unpacking. And of course, we have little kids. So one of the first things we did was hook up hook up the TV, and we had Netflix on the TV in our basement and. There was a show on called Julie's Green Room, and it's a it's Julie Andrews with Jim Henson's Muppets, and it's a show all about the arts. It's about acting, music, uh, you know, and that kind of thing, Broadway. So we were watching it one morning as I was still unpacking, and I said to my wife, "You know what? I want to try to get Julie Andrews on a podcast." And she was like, "All right, like <laughs> get out of here. Like, it's not gonna happen." But and again, I love my wife. <laughs> Don't take it the wrong way. But she was very realistic and honest. She was like, yeah, whatever. But uh, so I I I found her agent's email and I emailed her agent and said, you know, my kids and I were watching your show. It's it's fantastic. Blah blah. I would love to interview her for an episode of the podcast. Excuse me. And uh, I kind of forgot about it. I was like, well, we'll see what happens. So a few weeks later, I was, and you know, sorry for the lack of too much information, but I was in the bathroom and I had my <laughs> phone on the sink and my phone rang and I checked and it was like, it said New York city and it had a number and I'm like, I don't know that number. So I just let it go to voicemail. Uh, and I forgot about it. Well, like an hour later I was like, Oh, man, let me check that email. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, the voicemail and I checked it and it was a representative from Netflix. And she was like, listen, this is so-and-so from Netflix. Uh, Julie Andrews agent sent us your email. We would love for you to interview Julie on the podcast. Yeah. Like I was like, what? <laughs> so I called her back. And of course it was Friday at five 30 or six o'clock. No answer. She was home for the weekend. So I left a message and I was like, listen, I would love to have, you know, Dame Andrews on the show, just get back to me. And I had nothing. I had to wait the whole weekend. So Monday afternoon, I got another call back from Netflix and they said, yeah, she'll love to do it. Can you get to New York? 
uh, you know, next week. And I was like, no, my kids are in school. I can't give up a day. And they said, all right, well, let's do it remotely. Do it on, on the phone. So yeah, I, I got to speak with, um, Julie Andrews and Emma Walton Hamilton, who's her daughter. And we talked about Julie's green room. And I remember the, the, uh, the lady from Netflix said, listen, you have 15 minutes. Uh, we want to talk about Julie's green room. Don't talk about Mary Poppins. Ah. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and I remember about 10 minutes into the interview, I looked at my watch and I'm like, all right, well I'm recording. So we're, we're talking about Mary Poppins. (laughs) So, yeah, with like with like four or five minutes left, we got to talk all about Mary Poppins and it was and about Walt Disney and what it was like and oh man, it was it was an amazing like when I heard her voice when I was like, you know, terrified and I was like, you know, Miss Andrews or Dame Andrews, welcome to the show. And she was like, Hello, hello. I was like, Oh my god. Like it's the coolest thing ever. And that's my Julie Andrews impression. I apologize. But it was it was inc- like it was incredible. Like I there's no way I'm ever gonna top that. No way. Man. I mean, even listening to it was sort of a surreal experience. I don't know. I don't was it just audio or did you get yeah, have it any? Was, it was all audio, yeah. And I, you're telling me. <laughs> like I'm just it was, picturing like a, a all wooden room with bookshelves, like a 20 foot like hall ceiling. Like she's sitting right? at a nice oak desk. And it's no, you're so it's so funny. You said I expect I I was picturing the room from Princess Diaries, <laughs> like her yes. office with a big wooden desk and like yeah, like but they were in a room in in a in a hotel in Manhattan, so it was probably. She was probably sitting on a bed, <laughs> like in some room. But to me, whole, I mean, holy cow, it was it was an it was an incredible thing. And um, again, I'm so 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 lucky. I don't know how her agent took my. E- I have no idea. Like I don't know why that what I wrote in that email that resonated, but it did, and I'm super lucky that it did. Man, that is such an awesome story. That is. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. I. I love telling that story, and I, I there was more stuff, and another time I'll tell you guys the rest. <laughs> of it. Yeah, well, and for anybody else, if I, you can't top that, but if you're looking for any more persuasion to listen to Phil's podcast, there has been many other Disney legends join him on the show as well. So it is just chalked full of really great interviews and chats along with that. So this first half of the episode has been so much fun we've learned we've learned so much about ear to their travel and everything that goes into that so we thank you phil for sharing more information on that we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners and then we'll be back to play the fast pass round i think you guys would probably agree that the way to get ahead in the side hustle and the entrepreneurship space is to maximize your time as along with many of you, Catherine and I still have our full-time jobs and we work on detour in our evenings and on the weekends. So making sure that we are able to get the most amount of work done in the least amount of time is so important to us so that during the week we're not stressed out, that we can enjoy the things that we need to while making sure that detour is still growing. The way that we have been able to maximize recently is using Tailwind. So it helps us out both on Instagram and on Pinterest. We're able to schedule all of our pins and all of our posts for the week. And then it runs itself. It's on cruise control. And we just get to interact with people, respond to comments, not have to worry about which picture we're going to post next, not have to worry about writing the captions or anything like that. We do it all on one day on Sundays and knock it out. And then it is easy peasy for the rest of the week. So if you guys think that this might be something that would help you with your project, you can learn more at detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind. Again, that's detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind, or click the link in our show notes. Good deal. So we are back. We're going to throw out these Disney topics, and you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Awesome. Let's get, let's do it. I'm ready. Okay, so the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Uh, all the domestic parks, and that's it. I've never. I it's funny. I, I have a I have a phobia about flying, <laughs> mm. and I own a travel company. So go figure, right? But uh, I don't like flying, so I've been to all the all six domestic parks. But that's pretty much it. 
Awesome. So of those six, which one is your favorite and why? Uh, Disneyland Park is my absolute favorite. It's because it's Walt's Park. Uh, I have a a huge, huge spot in my heart for Walt Disney, the man. And uh, I, I just touching the things he's touched and walking where he's walked. And it's a it's a completely different experience to anywhere else. So, yeah, I love that park. Mm-hmm. So the next one, what would be your Disney bucket list trip? Tokyo Disney Sea is a park that I need to, no pun intended, see. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if I ever will. Excuse me, just because I'm afraid of the flight. Uh, but, yeah, I really, 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 really want to go there. I, I, You know, like, if I could kind of get knocked out, like, <laughs> general <laughs> anesthesia for a flight, I think I would do really well. But the flight to California kind of saps me of all my energy. So that I don't know if I'll ever get there, but that's my bucket list. Hmm. Do they have any cruises that leave from like the Pacific Northwest then go to they Asia? They don't. Not, not, not Disney right now. No. I mean, they, listen, we have three new cruise ships coming. So who knows yeah. what the future holds. But right now, no, it's it's all, you know, they, they've done the Hawaii, they've done Alaska, and then a lot of stuff on, you know, the Caribbean and, but no, uh, nothing over there. I'm sure any of our geography people are like cringing right now because that's probably a way longer distance than I realized. <laughs> probably. Listen, you, you guys, you and me both. I have no idea. <laughs> like I, my 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 sister in law was in China like a couple months ago, and I, I know where China is on a map, obviously, but the the time difference, everything, it completely, it, it, I was flabbergasted. Like I had no idea what was going on. So yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> so next one is your favorite Disney resort. So it changes all the time. I'm sure for you guys it, it might as well. But right now it's Wilderness Lodge for me. Uh, maybe because it's the fall. Only today it's the fall started. But maybe it's because, you know, I love the fireplace there. I love the totems. I, I love, love, love Wilderness Lodge. Mm, that's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah. Excuse me. So the next one, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? So Pirates of the Caribbean and Disneyland, because it's a little longer, actually significantly longer than the Walt Disney World version. And uh, I feel you can see new things on every ride. Like You can sit there for hours just going on and on and on and finding new things. So, yeah, I think that's that's the one I pick. We didn't do much preparation whenever to research the rides whenever we went to Disneyland. I feel like we only rode it once when we were there, Pirates. Mm-hmm. We need to do it again because the first half we were like, what is happening? This is backwards. Yeah, yeah it's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're on it and you're looking at, you know, I it's funny, every time I ride, I forget what it was like. Like what so when you go on and you're in the caves in the in the beginning, and you see all the skeletons, you know, the captain in the bed and all these caves and these caverns. And you forget. Like, you're like, whoa, I forgot all about this. Every time I ride, that happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's something that I could ride. I could ride for days and find something new every time. It's amazing. For sure. So next one, sticking with rides and attractions, which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? So I don't know how much you've listened to my podcast, guys, but... Aladdin's the magic carpets of Aladdin. <laughs> Get those out of Magic Kingdom right now. There's no reason for them to be there. They ruin the view in Adventureland. I, I've, you know, I, I hate to use the word hate, but I hate those darn things. And I get it when you know when Dumbo was super super popular, and they didn't have two Dumbos, but now you have two Dumbos. A virtual queue in the air conditioning, you don't need that thing. It doesn't need to be there. Get rid of it. I feel like the, you could apply that same logic to Triceratops spin. You I'm- could. <laughs> but that, then what happens to that part of the of Animal Kingdom? Because now with Primeval World being uh, seasonal, what the heck are you going to do with that part of the, of the, of the park? Hmm. I guess we just got to turn it to Indiana Jones. Jets. I'm in. Listen, <laughs> I'm in. Get rid of – yeah. Listen, I – and I like dinosaur a lot. I, I worked in the parks when it was Countdown to Extinction. But if you could gut it and put Indiana Jones in, I'm I'm all about that. Mm. It's my favorite. 
not my favorite. One of my favorite. Everything is my favorite, but it's one of my favorite rides. <laughs> Disneyland for sure. Yeah. Good answer. So the next one, which land or area brings you the most inspiration? This was not on the list that you guys sent me. I did not, <laughs> not know. <laughs> we <laughs> have updated it. <laughs> uh, the most inspiration. That's, that's an awesome question. Uh, you know, this is going to be a weird one, I think, but Main Street USA in Disneyland is the land that I'm, I feel like I'm most inspired by anywhere in any of the Disney parks because of the windows, uh, the, the tribute windows to all the Imagineers, to everyone who made Disneyland happen. When you're walking down those, you know, that straight down Main Street, you really get a sense of how enormous it was for those guys. So that's my, that's my answer. Mm, that's a good one. Next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. The salt pretzel in Germany, I think, in Epcot, uh, at, in World Showcase, is different. It's unique. It's listen. People say Mickey pretzels, and they're fine. But listen, I'm from Philadelphia, man. You need a really good pretzel, and the the salt pretzel from Germany in Epcot is the best pretzel and the best snack in all of. Uh, well, not on all the property, but in all of Epcot for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Next one would be your favorite table service and quick service restaurants. So this is tough because table service changes all the time. Right now, I would say Bowdow's, I think. Um, I'm a Disney. I'm sorry. I'm a seafood nerd. I love anything to do with seafood. And I, I love getting the seafood there. Have you guys have you been there? First of all, second of all, have you gotten the seafood tower? We have not. No to both. No to both. <laughs> Are you seafood fans? I am. You're getting Ish. there. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's still tough. the picky eater. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be like a certain mood and a certain. But like, it's a tower of ice cold. Like there's there's crab and there's shrimp and there's lobster and it's amazing. So yeah, I love that place. I love I love Boathouse a lot, uh, and that's a kind of a cop out answer because I think a lot of people love that restaurant. But you know what it is is when I go with my kids, we can't go, so I have to go like I have to go on a work trip and be like, oh, this is a work expense, and <laughs> and then like use my business card to pay for the the meal there. Uh, my favorite counter service is, and it's always and I don't think this is going to change is Columbia Harbor House. Because, one, I love the upstairs seating with the views of Liberty Square. I think that's awesome. And two is the uh, the Anchors Away sandwich. I don't think it's called that anymore. But the tuna sandwich there is my favorite. One of my top, I would say, five things to eat in Walt Disney World. I love that sandwich. I've never had that. I love Harbor House, and I've never had that sandwich. Oh, my God. It's so good. You, you're missing out, man. Listen, it's do you eat tuna fish at home at all? Yeah, sometimes. So they put like, there's like lemon juice and what, how do you say the word? I can't say it, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> uh, it's W-O-R-S-T-E-S. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Worcestershire is how we say it. I can't say it. I can't say that word. So they have that in there. And then there's, uh, it's it's a great tuna salad and it's it's on like a, a multigrain bread with tomato and lettuce. And then you get the the house made chips on the side, not chips like fries, like British people say, but actual <laughs> chips. It is amazing. So I'm gonna, you know, I want you guys to go. When do you, I know you got back, just got back. When are you going to Walt Disney World again? Um, actually, the day that this releases, we are in Walt Disney World <laughs> in this moment. Time travel. What day is that? I've, uh, the seventh of October. Darn, I'm gonna miss you guys. I'm going the 21st, mm. so I'll miss you guys by a couple of weeks. But you should definitely plan on going to Columbia Harbor House and getting that sandwich, and then please put a post up and let me know what you were doing. <laughs> we'll can do. you do that? Will yes. you definitely? We awesome. can do that. Let's do that. Yes. So to get into some of your Disney favorites, we'll start with your favorite Disney movie. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. The animated version is my is my all time favorite by by a long shot. That's a good one. That is a good one. I Did love that movie. I, I just i I've loved it since I saw it as a kid. It's it's one of my it's it's as far as animated movies go, it's my favorite. 
So do you still enjoy the live action movie or are you you refuse it's all right. to <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. What did you guys think? I thought it was good. Wasn't That's good. Wasn't great. I th- I I'm with you. I think I prefer the animated still. I mean, yeah, yeah everybody prefers the animated, but Well, I just I'm just putting it out there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It, the, the the live version was good. It wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't great. It was it was good. Emma Watson un- unfortunately cannot sing. <laughs> we all found that out, right? Like, she can't yeah. yeah. I mean, she's no Paige O'Hara. She, Paige O'Hara, my God. But yeah, it was, it was funny when we when we saw, or I'm sorry, when we were at Disneyland uh, last month, We it was the D23 Expo, and Paige O'Hara was there. We didn't see her, but we saw Jody Benson, and we who's the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. And literally, we, we ran into her in the parks like five or six times. With my kids, and like the sixth time, my oldest daughter was like, "Dad, I I, I have to go say hello." And I'm like, "Yeah, you should just go go say like I I was like, you know what? Yeah, go say hi." And she walked up to her, and as she was walking up to uh, Jody Benson, the Disney tour guide came back over and started talking to her, and she turned around and like ran back to me, all nervous. And I was like, "All right, well, yes, but uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, I don't know where, why I told that story, but anyway, yes, <laughs> Beauty and <laughs> Peace is my favorite." That is a good one. We've never seen a celebrity in the parks. No, we have. I don't know how big of a celebrity this would be, but we were in Disneyland the same week that they were filming like Disney Week for Dancing with the Stars. So we saw two people from Dancing with the Stars, like one of the dancers and then the guy from The Bachelor that I watched. (laughs) So so we've we've never seen a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my my wife is a huge Bachelor fan. She loves all those people. So yes, I, if you said a name, I would have no idea who it is. But if he's who was it was a dancer? Was she somebody famous? Uh, was was that a name you would that anyone recognize? She was she was one of the better well known ones. Her name's not going to come to me now, but she was dancing with Grocery Store Joe. <laughs> so your wife your wife would appreciate that. Grocery Store Joe. Okay, yeah. I'll remember that. Tell her tonight. All right. <laughs> And it was Julianne Hoff because it's the only one I know. No, it wasn't <laughs> it was her. Not Hoff. No. All right. Well, I tried. <laughs> Next one would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. So the, I, I definitely have a favorite from Walt, and it's um, I'll read it because I wrote it down, so I would I wouldn't forget it. It's all the adversity I've had in my life, all the troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. You may not realize it when it happens. But a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. I love that quote because it, it's a it's a never give up quote. I, and it, and he had Walt Disney had so much adversity in his life and so many things that went wrong. People think like, oh, this guy, he was a genius and he had no, he he had so many things go wrong the first you know twenty five thirty years of his life, and it's a. I love this one because it, it's, you know, it's a never give up quote. It's, it, I think it means a lot to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I love that one too. That is a very good one. So the last one for the fast pass round is your favorite Disney parks memory. So I've had so many, it's, it's so hard to answer that one because I've had so many Disney parks memories. My This one isn't my favorite, but it's one that I love and that I've told before, but I, you know, I, so a couple, two years ago, actually, we, my, uh, my friend who works in Disneyland, we went out to, for, to Disneyland for the D23 Expo. Uh, it was the first time my kids had ever gone. Uh, so it was my wife and my three kids and I, and my friend who worked in Disneyland said, do you want to see Walt's apartment? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Like I'm the biggest Walt there there is yeah of course I I want to see it so he arranged for a uh, tour guide to meet us outside of Walt's apartment and you know outside the firehouse and took us upstairs and it was the five of my family me my wife and my three kids a friend of mine and uh, my friend who worked in Disneyland and the tour guide and she took us through Walt's apartment and you know to say it's a religious experience is is you know obviously overstating it, but it 
it was it's amazing it's amazing to see it's a time capsule of Walt Disney's life to walk in there. Uh, they they said we can't take pictures, so I remember I had my camera and they made me hang my camera up on the uh, the coat rack when you first walk in. And then at the end, the, the our tour guide was like, "I'll take a couple pictures of you." So we got some pictures of my my family and I in front of uh, the lamp, like Walt's famous lamp, and but just being in this room that really I, and and a million people have been in there, but nobody's been allowed to touch anything or it, it's just an incredible thing to be able to like they still have baby bottles from Walt's grandkids in the cabinets and there's like there's like still plastic wrap from when Walt Disney was there and like things in the refrigerator like coke and it's a it's a really weird surreal experience so yeah I think that's my favorite but I mean by a long shot my favorite Disney park experience that is pretty surreal I mean that's definitely on our bucket list of things that we would love to see, but I'm sure just walking in there and just knowing like how important that space was is pretty, like you said, surreal. Yeah, because we've wanted to do it in the Walk and Walk's Footsteps tour, mm-hmm. but doing it in an intimate setting just with your family and a couple of other cast members, I feel like would be extra special. Yeah, it was. It, it really was. It was. It was so like weird, but awesome. My son, so we, there's a funny thing that happened was where, you know, this tour guy was showing us the apartment and she was showing us all these things. And it's really weird. You walk into Walt's bathroom and there's like a toilet. <laughs> You're like, this is weird. Like, why are we in here? But she shows you like he had this, this shower this, because he had a polo injury in his back when he was young. And he had this shower specially made with these nozzles that were super low and like, like, to, to spray on his back. It's a weird thing that you, but he had that built in 1954, like all these, these nozzles that are like different heights. And you're like, wow, like that's what we have now. Like it's crazy. But, uh, so after we did the bathroom tour, we went out, we went back into the end of the apartment and they were telling us, or she was telling us about Walt sandwich press press. I'm sorry. And how he would make sandwiches and, I noticed I couldn't see my son and uh, I looked around and I was like, where's Jack? I look over my left shoulder and he's sitting in Walt's chair by the window. <laughs> and the, our tour guide just told us like right before, like this is where Walt would sit and talk to people about the construction of Disneyland and the, the animated movies that were running like behind. And he would sit on the phone on this chair and look out the window and talk for hours. And she's like, yeah, no one's really sad on this. And, you know, 65 years. And here's my son who I couldn't find sitting in Walt Disney's chair. And I look over and he's sitting there. I'm like, Jack, like I'm yelling at him. like, get up. And he like stands up like all nervous. And he's four. Like he doesn't know, but I'm like yelling at him. And then the tour guide's like all upset and, it was one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite memories of all time because, like, of course, the kid sees a chair and he's going to sit in it. But it was. It's one of my favorite things because, I'll you know, I I didn't sit in Walt's chair, but my son did, so it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something that you can tell him about for forever. Oh yeah, trust me, I will. <laughs> well, awesome. So that concludes the fast pass round. Our very last question for you, Phil is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, either as a content creator, a product creator, they want to start their own business, what would be your advice to that person? So I think it's it's super tough to be yourself. And I think it's really, really, really hard advice to follow. Uh, but I'm sure you guys know, you, you probably listened to 100 Disney podcasts before you started. And you probably have like an idea of how you should do it, how you should record and how you should talk. And, and none of that works, right? Like just be you, be yourself, whether you're good at writing Twitter posts or taking pictures and putting on Instagram or whether you're good at podcasting, you want to talk or whatever it is that you're good at, just be you. I think it's super hard to, to kind of realize that like people will listen to you. People will follow you. People will care if you're just authentic and you're you, I, I know it took me a long time to figure that out. It, it really did. Like I, 
I started with the podcast and I wasn't me. I was just this doing this. Welcome to the Disney podcast. And here I am. And you're like, no, it's not you. You're not, you're not having fun. You're not enjoying it. You're, you're trying not to make mistakes and it sounds terrible. So I think just be yourself and, you know, you'll attract the people that you, that are like you, that enjoy what you do. And yeah, man, I mean, just be, be, I, I keep saying it, but just be you. I think that's excellent advice. Yeah. And I do think, like you said, you know, it's easy to say it's harder to practice, but, you know, we kind of talked about it before. Once you can get in that rhythm or kind of get past trying to maybe please people or, you know, just entertain, you know, once you can get past all of that, that's where you really get into your own groove and you can be just more authentic and more successful. Yeah, it's, it's not easy, right? Like you guys know, it's not easy to to be yourselves. And and, and when you're doing interviews together, I imagine because I've never done that. Like my interviews with other guests have always been just me, and I prepare, and I. But I've always tried to be me. I, I imagine that when you're doing it together, you guys are looking at each other, you're getting reactions, you're you know reacting what the person is saying, and it's got to be hard. Like, but. The more you can just be yourselves and just let your guard down and be you, I th- I think it, it it does nothing but help you. Like you're just, you know, you're a Disney fan. You're a, like I, like I always say, you're a Disney nerd, and you want to share that with other people. And then whether you're trying to make money or you're trying to, you know, and by the way, if you're trying to make money and you're doing a podcast, you're doing about <laughs> it the wrong way because <laughs> you're not going to make any money doing this. But if you're trying to reach people and have fun and and have them hear your voice and enjoy yourselves, then you're doing great. And that's what it's all about, man. I mean, you know, you guys know, like it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's hard to, to get people to listen. But once you have them, when you're yourself, it's the best show that you can have. But when you're relaxing, you're you, man, it's so much better. For sure. That is excellent advice. And I thank you so much for sharing that. And if anybody's wondering, there's so much pointing and nudging <laughs> and, you know, writing things down and writing notes to each other as we're going through these interviews. We should video could record imagine. one of them one time. You guys should. I can't imagine, like, when you have – like, and, and it's not – I'm sure it's not negative, but whatever. <laughs> but, like, there's got to be a million things that you guys are saying to each other and pointing and gesturing. And, yeah, like, like I said, I've never done it. Like, Amy and I – my wife, when we do our podcast, my podcast, and she's been on a lot, we we don't really write. We just kind of look at each other and kind of go. But we've also been married for 11 years. She'll, she'll tell you she doesn't know how many years it's been, but it's been almost 11 years. No, <laughs> shoot, almost 12 years. Um, <laughs> don't, don't tell her I said that. But, you know, like we know you kind of look at each other where to go. But we never have a third person. So I imagine that's super challenging for you guys. And, uh, you know, and also really fun. Like, that you guys get to do something like this together. That's really cool. I, I, I really, you know, you guys have to be having a lot of fun. This, you guys have a, a fun show. And I really, really, really appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we're definitely glad that you've been here with us. Yeah, for sure. So last thing that we like to ask all of our guests, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you and Ear to Their Travel online. Yeah, I mean, my website is eartotheirtravel.com. I would just uh, rework the homepage so it's a little different than it was. Uh, Ear to Their podcast, you can, I'm sorry, Ear to Their Disney podcast you can find anywhere where you can download podcasts. So we're on on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Stitcher. On, I don't know if Stitcher is still a big thing, but we're there. We're on – if you talk to your Alexa device, we're there. So we're all over the place. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of it. Facebook, Instagram, all the, all the you know, Twitter, all the – your, your popular uh, social media accounts, we're there. But just Google Ear to Their Disney Podcast and you'll find us. Yep, absolutely. And we'll put the links to all of those in our show notes as well. And we were actually commenting before that your new homepage looks pretty awesome. So it's a good thing for everybody to check out. The video is a nice touch. Thank you. Yeah, it's – it's. so let me ask you guys this. Could you read the text over the video? I want to know on in real time if that's 
if I should add like white background to the text? Could you not see it or can you see okay? We can see it for the most part. Now there's fireworks going off behind it, so it's it's hard to see, yeah. A little bit, but you can still make it out if you just wait <laughs> half a second. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it's still very that's, legible. That's what it is. It's like this day and age, right? Like how long do people are people going to stick around and and wait to be able to read it? That's what I worry about. But I wanted I wanted it to be different. I wanted people to see it and notice it. And uh, we're not going anywhere, man. I mean, we're we're gonna. My plan, like I said, is to be one of the. It doesn't have to be the biggest or the one of the best, but it has to be a memorable agency to work with. So I'm I'm not going anywhere. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing how ear to there travel and podcast and everything else involved with you grows. <laughs> we appreciate you so much connecting with us and coming on and chatting with us today. You guys are awesome. I had so much fun. This was this is a really great show and a great interview and and I'm I'm happy to be here. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.